Before we get started, you should probably know that the following podcast contains strong language and conversations of an adult nature. Also, it will almost certainly contain spoilers. Hello and welcome to bonus episode six of Strong Language and Violent Scenes. We're doing another one of these. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just coming into the one year anniversary, and obviously Friday's episode where Duncan McLeish joins us to talk about the whole. Mm-hmm. We thought, what more perfect time to drop off an episode that we've been talking about doing for quite a while now. Mm-hmm. This is it, Mitch. This is it. We're going to do it now. It's the getting to know you episode. Yeah. Getting to know you. Getting to know all about you Getting to like you Getting to hope you like me Getting to know you Well there, yeah, that was that. Uh, please don't sue us if you own the copyright to that song. Yeah, that'd be nice. <laughs> um, yeah, so quite a lot of stuff came in for this. We, we talked about it a little while ago, opened it up through emails. A whole bunch of people got in touch, so we've kind of collated it into a list. Pretty happy to answer all of them. Um, Don't have a problem with anything. We're pretty open here. Yeah, so a um, big thank you to everybody that's got in touch. Um, and yeah, let's just jump in. Should we just dive in? I think so. Cool. You're going to be the question man. Um, well, would you like me to be the question master? I think you should. Okay, yeah. sure. Yeah. Right. So um, first up, uh, which of you are married? Uh, I am married. You are indeed. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I and I am not. No, you're not. I am not. One uh, day, <laughs> who can say? <laughs> kids is the next question. Who ah, has kids? That's an interesting and loaded question, given that my wife is currently working on her first one now. Ah, yes. Due to come crashing out on October third. Yeah, big deal. And that's an ex- that's an exclusive. <laughs> uh, and apologies to Jackie. Um, uh, I have none. That you're aware of. <laughs> I'm pretty confident I have done. <laughs> uh, next up, uh, what are our day jobs? Oh, um, I work in investment banking. Okay. Uh, which I obviously isn't particularly exciting, but it does pay the bills mm-hmm. and allow me to do things that I really want to do, filmmaking and this podcast with you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, yeah. So yeah, doing that allows me the opportunity to kind of do the things I want to do. Yep. Hold on to your hats. Uh, my one's riveting. I work in service coordination for Ooh. a fire and security company, um, <laughs> which uh, which also is kind of the same. It's like it's uh, like I I am fine with I'm fine with where I am, but it, yeah, basically it uh, it kind of uh, it gives me the resources to go and do stuff like this. Which yes, is, um, that's what it's all about, Mitch. Exactly. Until we get that big break, those big juicy Patreon dollars coming. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Next up, one that we've kind of covered a couple of times before in a couple of different places, but just a general overview of how we started doing what we're doing with the podcast. Right. So we did kind of touch on this way back in uh, Minnesota Zero. Yeah, yeah but uh, basically what happened was um, I moved to Glasgow in October of 2016, and Andy very kindly kind of helped out with the fact that I didn't know anyone. <laughs> Took you under my wing. He did a bit, yeah. Um, and so I, I came around quite often and uh, we would have some dinner and uh, get some films on. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes have some wine, things like that. Sometimes have some wine. <laughs> sometimes have a lot of wine. Most of the time have a lot of wine. Um, yeah, we did all that and um, I think that we were watching a few things that kind of opened my eyes to the fact that 
you can watch something that you know is demonstrably not a good film and love it. Yeah. And uh, we talked about it and we started having a laugh and we kind of figured that there might be an opportunity for us to try to do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that was in January of uh, 2018. Yeah, that's um, right. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I grew up on kind of schlocky, kind of some might say bad films, like the the kind of things that we were talking about and the kind of things that led to us doing this. Things like Slugs, things like Chud, things that we've mentioned in the past that we that were kind of the catalysts or the films that we thought films like this is exactly the stuff that we should be talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. So yeah, like you say, we we kind of started kind of milling the idea around in January of 2018 when we bought some equipment and stuff, but we didn't want to just dive right in and put out a podcast where the sound wasn't particularly good quality. We didn't really know what we were doing. The yeah. Maybe the, the format wasn't really fully formed at the time. Yeah, we did um, spend a decent amount of that time kind of sanding down the corners of uh, how we were going to structure it and what what the actual final form was going to be. Yeah, and I think we were very keen on putting out a, a podcast from the get-go where things sounded good and it, it, it kind of worked a little bit better than some podcasts you maybe hear starting out and i know we've changed kind of slightly in the formats developed and evolved since yeah but it's still very much the idea that we had in the beginning yeah the basic framework stayed basically the same but i think also because we kind of had three months between deciding we we're going to do it and actually starting i mean in that in that time it meant that by the time we were airing episodes and things we had like a theme song we had gear we had some guests yeah things like that um so yeah i think that like, you know once you have an idea you have all the time in the world to refine it before you kind of kick it out into the world which i think is kind of what we tried to do i think it's valuable actually absolutely to, to take the time to get used to your equipment and to get guests lined up and at this point i would just like to say a massive thanks to all the guests we've had over the past year uh, some of whom took a real gamble on us super early on yeah i mean there were some people that uh, and we'll get into it with some of the later questions but yes um we had some some incredible people really early on who yeah. were just very up for just kind of playing the game and coming on and just talking nonsense to us which we really appreciate and still do with everyone that takes oh, the time to absolutely do it. and i think i was able to call in some favors with people i'd maybe interviewed in the past and stuff like that and i uh, reconnect with people to to bring them in to, yeah. to doing this again exactly so yeah that's basically how that happened yeah uh next up which films have you been involved in so uh you can take the lead on this one <laughs> of my own films i've made personally i think i've made about six or seven projects now mm-hmm. starting with dysmorphia which was my first film in 2012 um, I have tapered off and I've been on a bit of a hiatus lately because I've been fucking skint. Mm-hmm. But hopefully that's going to change. I've certainly, um, I'm certainly in tentative talks just now about one other short film I would hope to do before um, potentially looking at doing a feature down the line. But Exciting I, times. Yeah, I, I just feel I'm at the point now where I'm ready to make something again. Cool. Which is pretty Exciting. cool. It feels nice. Yeah. Um, but I never really stopped writing in the meantime. I also produced a short film for regular messenger into the show random elements yes yeah dave malcolm dave malcolm who it's also worth mentioning came up with the original idea for mitch's pitches he did yeah and he deserves credit for that <laughs> he, for does sure. deserve he really does because that. that has uh that's been a beast into itself yeah yeah and uh, yeah i produced his short film mannequins which uh had its world premiere at fright fest played a bunch of other festivals well, since, yes, yes had a really good festival run. yeah yeah celluloid screams and stuff as well uh it was yeah it's it's really cool if you get the opportunity check it out 
Uh, I've also done kind of kind of last minute makeup effects for a couple of music videos and stuff. Oh, cool. um, I've, I've done a bunch of stuff like that as well. I am currently at the end stages of scoring uh, a feature film. Yeah. Uh, for mm-hmm. Ultimate Film Productions, that's a drama. It's called One Day at a Time. Also got a couple of horror things in the works that I can't really say too much about yet. And also um, working with a former guest of ours, Chris Niles. Yeah. And uh, Scott Lias on um, a short film, Black Mass, which is actually shooting this weekend. And kind of a sub-question, I can't really answer this yet because most of my stuff is not into the world yet. <laughs> but um, I'll put it back to you. Um, which ones of the stuff that you've been involved in are you the most proud of? Oh, I would say, I mean, I'm, I'm always really proud of Dysmorphia. It's great. Um, because, you saying. Oh, thank you. No, that's, that's lovely to hear. Thanks, mm. Mitch. I mean, I'm particularly proud of it because it was the first thing I made, and I made it for 160 quid. So um, cool. That's so cool. And it did really well at festivals. It picked up loads of awards and stuff, and it was just really nice to make something on nothing um, when you've never made anything before and have it be pretty well received. Yeah. Um, I'm also really proud of Ink. Yeah, okay, cool. Like, for me, that was the pinnacle of how disgusting I could be at that, <laughs> at that time with the yeah. kind of budgets I was playing with. Uh-huh. So I'm, I'm really proud proud of Ink. I know it does uh, some, I'm aware of the kind of issues with Ink and the issues that people have with Ink as a short film, but I'm particularly proud of it. I, I think it's uh, on the whole pretty well made and I think it is uh, as stomach churning as I hoped it would be in the writing. At this point, maybe a good time to let people know that they can actually go and watch all these. Oh yeah, yeah. Uh, pretty much everything I've made up till this point is available on my Vimeo, which is just www.vimeo.com forward slash Andy Stewart. It's yeah. quite, uh, quite simple. Snappy. But uh, certainly Dysmorphia, Split, Ink, Remnant, and a couple other wee bits and bobs are on there. So if you're ever feeling inclined, pop on and have a wee look. Yeah, check them out. Uh, next up we have uh, how long have you known each other and how did you become friends oh shit okay um, um, I think that how long we've known each other I think it's somewhere in the region of five years right yeah um, that sounds about right I, I believe and uh, I first met you and kind of came into contact with you when I was writing for um, a website called realrealscares.com of course oh, and, Jesus yeah yeah. Uh, yeah you were holding I was living in Aberdeen at the time you were holding an event in Glasgow for your short remnant it was like uh, a short film night we had some amazing shots on that as well. Yeah. That, that event we had. Baskin? We had, yeah, we had Gigi Guerrero's El Gigante. Yeah. Sister Hell. Sister Hell was by that Frederick night. Hanna. Yeah. Crow Hand by Brian Lanano. Yeah, uh, just. Yeah, it was a really strong lineup of short films. That it, night. it was, it was fantastic. And yeah, I was basically, I was kind of toying with the idea of coming down anyway mm-hmm. for that. And uh, I did, but I kind of just offered to roll in doing something with it to the site, and they said yes. So I got in touch with you, you were up for it, and then uh, I think at that point I watched everything that you'd made up to that point. Yeah. And then I came down and I met you at that thing, which was great. Um, And uh, yeah, we just kind of stayed in touch ever since and through the festivals and things like that. And then kind of, yeah, firmed up our friendship when I moved to Glasgow. I would say so. And now I would, at the risk of being soppy, Mitch, I would now consider you one of my my nearest and dearest friends. Thank Uh, you very much, Andy. I would say the same about you. I would say the same about you. uh, Yeah, I would say this would be particularly difficult if the situation was different. Yeah, I think if we hated each other, it would be tricky. (laughs) Um, another one that's going to be uh, entirely for you, oh, for fuck's sake. Uh, because I have none. Right. Just in general, um, tell us about your tattoos. And oh. now we have a limited uh, amount of time, so... Um, uh, I'll just... Uh, uh, it's just a hodgepodge of nonsense, really. Uh, I've got some, some slashery guys on my left arm, Jason, Michael Myers, um, got Leatherface on there. 
Uh, I've got a giant unfinished Godzilla on my back. Uh, I've got a massive Wickerman piece on the outside of my, le- my left leg. I've got a Jaws piece on the inside of my left leg. I've got some little scattered bits and bobs on my right leg, like I've got a Martin tattoo. Okay, cool. Um, some old Texas Chainsaw kind of inspired stuff as well. There's a lot of big pieces and a lot of smaller dafter kind of like little evil dead necronomicon images and stuff like that yeah, it's a rich tapestry <laughs> uh next up this is an interesting one and again this this kind of covers some ground that we already have but um favorite genre of horror films popped up oh, next. body horror ah yeah i could have guessed that <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> yeah a massive david cronenberg fan from youth and then started watching more schlocky things like ah. kind of body mail and society and was really lucky to have Inks world premiere play before a 35 mil presentation of society at celluloid screams a few years ago okay, um, yeah, with yeah. brian yuzna there mm-hmm, so yeah. that was uh, that was really cool for me anyway mm-hmm. probably less so for everyone watching and brian yuzna himself who didn't like it but yeah um i've always loved gloopy gross things i'm a card carrying hypochondriac so i've always been really interested in the things that can go wrong with the body and weird things like that uh-huh. um, so I kind of gravitated towards body horror. Okay, yeah, um, I mean, that, makes, that makes sense. That's certainly something I've taken into my, my own film work as well. Sure. Yeah, I don't really know if I have a proper answer for this. Um, but like Because uh, I kind of feel like every time I feel like I'm settling into one, there's either um, a preponderance of shite or great stuff that makes me kind of gravitate <laughs> away or towards things. Sure. What I would say is that, um, uh, and this won't surprise anybody that listens a lot, but like a lot of the stuff that I've loved over the last few years are kind of things that people kind of spuriously argue about whether or not it's horror. Right, okay. You know, like the, like that certain kind of kind of indie horror that's been kind of uh, getting a, a bit of traction over the last few years. A twenty four stuff. A twenty four stuff. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm, I mean, like, I I'm a I'm I'm a I'm a great lover of like the witch and yeah. hereditary and uh, it follows and things like that. Elevated horror. Oh, don't <laughs> you off. fuck off? Yeah, I was gonna say don't use that label ever. Yeah, but no, but I I have um I've got a lot of time for that kind of thing. Um, which uh, I, I can almost hear people kind of like I can hear the eyes rolling uh, from certain corners. No, I, I I think that I think that stuff is great, and I also think that like it's really like what like kind of getting too bogged down what is and isn't a horror film can be a really reductive way to talk about film as well. Yeah, and I, I think a lot of horror pomposity right now can fuck right off. People can be allowed to like whatever the fuck they like. I agree. I think that um, I think that like the fact that you do that is generally the case is one of the best things about the horror community as well. Oh, I. But I, it also makes it even more glaring when that's not the case. Some of my closest friends, yourself included, absolutely love films that I think are utter shite. I'm sure similarly on the other side of that, those films that I think are amazing, other people are like Andy. You are utterly wrong. I, and I just I, I don't I think it is reductive to shoot down the things that people like yeah. um, and slam them down and tell people that they're wrong for liking something. Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah, I think certainly making people feel bad for liking something is a really shitty way to... Yeah. yeah or that a... perhaps they're not smart enough to have picked up on intricacies in something like that. <laughs> I've had that conversation with people before. I've had yeah. um, I've had somebody insinuate that like the reason that I didn't like a film was because I was too stupid to understand it. See, that's that's bollocks. Like, that's, <laughs> yeah, it um, is. Get yourself down from that fucking high horse, my friend, because you're actually making yourself look like a bit of a tit. Um, like I said, yeah, especially in a community that's so supportive. Yeah, I, I don't have time for so that horror film elitism stuff. No, um, no. I would I, I very much agree with that. Like what you like and fuck anybody that tells you differently. Aye, exactly. 
Next up, what can uh, we as listeners do to uh, keep you motivated to keep going? Everyone is doing a great <laughs> job of this already. Yeah. I mean, all we really ever wanted to do with this was have a laugh with people about uh, some films. Yeah. And uh, we were hoping some people would listen. And as it turns out, a decent amount of you do. It's been really exciting and really fun and uh, really rewarding for us and really gratifying for us to see this kind of like this community of people that have sprung up around it who have kind of made friends with each yeah. other. They didn't, a lot of them perhaps didn't know each other before this. Yeah, no, apparently. No, I, I know for a fact that some of them yeah. didn't that are now um, quite friendly and stuff like that. More of that, really. Just um, everyone just like, just keep interacting with us and each other. Tell your pals if you think that people out there that might not have heard it would enjoy it tell them to check it out yeah and i know we've had a, a few listeners who they're not even necessarily horror fans who've who just like the the show and like i guess our witty repartee match yeah well, they like the chat yeah uh, yeah so they've kind of gravitated towards the show and if you again like like we say if there's anyone out there who perhaps are not a horror film fan but you think i actually think this person would like this then scoot them a link over yeah, and I guess the biggest thing uh, that you can do to support us is, is listen to the show. Keep listening. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> Over and above anything else, that's all. Um, that's what we prefer to. That's what we prefer. And it is ama- It really is amazing that anyone does. <laughs> to me. Yeah. Yeah. No, it really is. It's incredible. Like uh, I love it. But um, so this is a collector's question. So again, oh, okay. this. I mean, and I, I do have a physical media collection, but it's not generally filled with kind of like particularly notable things it's just right. kind of, it's just like regular copies of things that i wanted to own but we had a question that basically says some um to talk about a couple of things that you own maybe a, a special edition or something or something like that that you think is particularly notable or cool to be honest i don't really know i, I just buy loads of stuff um but i think the biggest thing i collect is old camera equipment okay eight, old eight millimeter cameras old super eight cameras um old 16 mil cameras things like that so like i kind of have a big pile of stuff like that knocking about in various boxes um one day i would hope to uh, use some of them to, nice. a- to actually make something mm-hmm. um but in, in the meantime i would actually like to kind of display them yeah sure. more prominently i've got mm-hmm. a couple of things like within iShot right now but uh, yeah that's the big thing uh, that i like collecting is old film cameras cool right so this one is more for me uh it's talking about the kind of the musical things that i purport to do okay uh, in my intro yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, one that we can kind of get you on as well but we'll get to that in a sec but basically just a little bit more about my music thing so we've talked about the scoring thing I do or I've recently started um, scoring features and shorts but yeah outside of the scoring stuff which I've kind of already talked about I am uh, I'm currently in a band I've been in the band for the last six years yep. the band are called Watchfires we have um, one EP and two albums and they're out there for everyone to hear they're on all the streaming platforms they're also uh, available to purchase. They are available to purchase, although um, uh, at this point, the uh, physical stock of things are, one, pretty limited, and two, um, because we're very spread out geographically, I'm not 100% certain of where they are. <laughs> so um, so if you want to hear it, I would recommend maybe leading with, we've got a bunch of stuff on uh, YouTube and a bunch of stuff on Spotify, both albums and the EP are all on Spotify and all that kind of thing. So if that was something that you wanted to go and check out, the band is Watchfires and that stuff is there. Um, so one we can both answer here, um, favourite composers. Oh, our favorite kind of generally like scorers. Jesus, I would like to look at this less from like composers and more scores individual films, because um, the, some of the things that really jumped out at me are just like individual I, films. Individual scores. films. I mean, yeah. I'm a big fan of like Goblin. Yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Goblin. Yeah, sure. I mean, I think that the kind of things that have jumped out at me over the last little while. Um, there's a f- one huge one for me actually. 
was there was a film that won Best Foreign Language Film at the Oscars um, kind of in the late noughties called Departures, right? which has one of the best scores I've ever heard. It's incredible. Oh, right. okay. uh, it's, it's, it's absolutely brilliant. And um, yeah, that, that that's a really big one for me. I really like the score to uh, It Follows. Oh, yeah, Assassin's of course. Yeah. That's, mm-hmm. uh, that's awesome. I really like all uh, Clint Mansell stuff that he did for Darren Aronofsky. Yeah, I'm a big fan of Rob's soundtrack to Maniac. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Recently, Jim Williams' score for Raw. Yeah, I also like Christopher Young as a composer. Mm-hmm. Okay, want to mm-hmm. name some? Uh, Hellraiser, yeah. I suppose, probably most famously. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, that, like that kind of thing. Um, and also, I would say uh, the similarly just for one film, the score to the two thousand and nine film, The Secret in Their Eyes, mm-hmm. not the English language one that <laughs> followed a few years later. Uh, that was another one for me that was kind of uh, made me think a lot about what you can do with piano and strings. Yeah. It made me want to learn piano and things like that. Cool. I would also say that the the main theme to Terminator by Brad Fidel is absolutely amazing. <laughs> cool. Um, yeah, we never agree. Also, um, we mentioned Goblin a minute ago. I also love the main theme to Tenebrae. Yeah, and I'm also a big fan of like Fabio Fritzi as well. Yeah, uh, of course. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, oh yeah, <laughs> that's reasonably detailed. Yeah. Um, um, okay, so just a couple more. Mm-hmm. One here. What are your favorite and least favorite creative endeavors you've been involved with to date, and why? It doesn't have to be in terms of success or popularity or any other kind of metric. Just the things that you're most slash least glad you've sunk your time and effort into. Oh man, Jesus! My own film stuff is probably the stuff that I'm most proud of being involved in. Okay, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Other things that, I've, that I'm, I'm really proud of doing is uh, I was in a Misfits tribute band for a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was great. That was called great. The Fits. We had a big stage production where like inflatable eyes and like tossing out fake hearts and stuff into the crowd. I really loved doing that. Uh, something that I kind of miss because it kind of it's kind of tapered off now because uh-huh. um, everybody's got their own things to do as as you know from being in a band yourself mm-hmm. that can happen. Yeah, it was amazing. I, I saw them. I think I, I saw you all three times when you kind of came back into the second go of it. In That's Glasgow. right. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I was at them all. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for that. No problem. Uh, but yeah, I really I really like that. I've really enjoyed helping other people with their projects, whether it's just like giving advice on scripts um, or. I like just kind of being able to help people out, yeah, if at all possible. I mean, I, I I was really fortunate to have a lot of people help me out when I was making like my first short, couple of short films. Obviously, it gets a lot harder. Uh, I now need to pay people. <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, I like working on mannequins and stuff like that. I just really wanted to to help Dave because Dave had come along and helped me kind of on Remnant. He'd done some stuff for me. Okay, um, on that and um. I just wanted to be able to do something to help someone else get a first short film made. Yeah, sure. In terms of things I'm least proud of, I don't really know. Everything I've done as a writer or as a filmmaker or as this podcaster or as a musician, I'm reasonably proud of having done. Yeah. The stuff I'm least proud about is the stuff I've done in my private life. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) Different episode. Yeah, over the past 38 years. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I just, I'm really... On the whole, I'm pretty proud of everything I've done within kind of horror. I have I've got a couple. I think like I think for for most part, I would say that um actually possibly this. Oh really? I mean, I th- I, I think that um I'm I'm just very happy with where we've taken it. And yeah, I'm how actually and how many people yeah. have gotten involved and things like that. I'm actually just, really proud of this as well. Yeah, uh, doing the live to, shows and all that stuff. Like, yeah, we've never missed a release date. Yeah, like, and that's like two a week for. 50 weeks now yeah um, uh, yeah I'm, I'm i would say that's up there i also i would say that i'm uh recording the uh, the first watch for some 
yeah um was uh one that i was just kind of like i remember that as being like one of the happiest times of my life because we right. took a, we took a week off and recorded it in edinburgh it was blazing sunshine the entire time we were recording during the day watching the world cup in the evening and then we came back a week later for another week and mixed it and at that point we were just kind of like kind of going out and in the evenings having a few drinks and coming in mixing it in the mornings and then at the end of that just kind of sitting and listening to the end product of it and realizing that it was just something that the five of us had done was pretty huge yeah, yeah. i'm also really proud of uh, our live shows that we've done we've managed to do some of them yeah i yeah same actually like um i think that hearing the laughs in the room is a really good feeling because right, it's something we don't get to hear when it's just the two of us. Yeah, so it's so that is that is kind of great. Short of laughter track and stuff that we think is funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, in terms of least, I'm proud of everything that I've been involved in that's kind of gotten to the point of seeing the light of day. Mm-hmm. But what I would say is that um, the second Watch Rise album was an absolute ordeal in the sense that literally everything that could have gone wrong in the process of making it did. Right. Mm-hmm. Like we lost some songs, we had some problems with the artwork, There was lo- we had to put loads of things back, that kind of thing. I think that the album that came out at the end of it is a lot stronger as a result and I'm very, very proud of it and I'd like people to hear it. Yeah. But at the same time, uh, it was a way less enjoyable experience because there was so much more or so many more problems to have to micromanage basically yeah i've had similar experiences on projects that i've taken on since remnant i would say okay where for various reasons perhaps the end product um in your case you're quite proud of the end product i've been perhaps less so okay so for whatever reason they haven't seen the the light of day right that's always that's always a shame yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> but I'm keen to get back into making films again because I love it. And ideally, if you were to ask me what my kind of aspirations were, it would be to be a filmmaker. Yeah, <laughs> of course. Yeah, yeah. I think this is a good one to end on. Right. And so it's a two-parter. Without giving away any of your secrets, how did you go about planning your roadmap of guests and what will happen when slash if you work through your network of contacts? Wow. Um, okay. So we talked. We talked a little bit about this earlier. Like, say, we called in some favors and things like that. Yeah, yeah. I got in touch with some people I'd interviewed before, and I was able to get them to come on and do this as well. We yeah. called in some friend favors. Yeah, yeah very so, much so. I mean, um, a lot of the people that we had on early doors um, are people that we just know who happen to be filmmakers. Um, <laughs> I, we'd both been going to festivals for a really long time, and through that, you do just kind of build up this um, this circle of friends who just so happen to be filmmakers or actors or whatever. Yeah, I would say in terms of. Plan- planning or kind of roadmap of guests it hasn't really been like that well it has kind of more so maybe the last six months i would say i would say so yeah but the first six months were very much who the fuck can we get to come on like and fill this gap this week it was it wasn't like that heavily planned no i mean like um yeah it was week to week it was very much not anymore yeah it's certainly not that way now but um to answer the question about what we're going to do when we run out of contacts i'm kind of hoping that that won't happen because a lot of the people that we've had on at this point are not people that we knew before and Mm -hmm. are people that we just approached and i think that what's important is paying attention to what's new yeah uh what things what kind of things are out there what's doing business at festivals things like that just taking a look taking a look at people who are involved in it taking a look at their kind of social media presence seeing if they look like they would be good guests and just yeah. getting in touch but also just being creative looking at journalists you like the sound of people who's writing you enjoy yeah get people like uh, i suppose people like louise blaine that we ha- that we've had on and people like mike munzer um fellow podcasters as well they're always good to get on they kind of know the score they know the drill always sound great as well yeah and i'd come back to what i suppose what you said about keeping an eye on things that are new guess having people like austin oblovitz coming on kind of off the back of hell is where the home is playing yep. at fright fest and stuff like that I mean, at this point, Hell is Where the Home Is hasn't really played that many festivals in the UK. 
Yep, that's right. Um, so I think anything that we can also do to kind of raise awareness of somebody's projects that they've got coming up is something that we're also really keen to do. Yeah, like another example of that that I could think of would be Matt Mercer with Dementia Part 2, which I believe is only screened twice in the UK. I think it's Fright Fest and it's Soho. Yeah, sure. And yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. and Dementia Part 2 is a fucking fantastic film. That's that a I great film. And, yeah, and everyone Matt's should a, see it. And Matt's a great guy and I think it's it's important to and, and, and it's important for people as well to hear it from Matt's own mouth. Yeah, yeah. Because it's fine us sitting here and saying check this out, but having the filmmaker say it would be really cool if you checked out my film and give you a little bit more about the film from their perspective, I think is just as valuable. Yeah, like, I think so. So I hope that fills some of the uh, some of the questions yeah. that you've been throwing away. And uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to this weird bonus ode where we talked about ourselves for 30 minutes. <laughs> Uh, thanks to everybody for sending in questions and uh, yeah I guess uh, the next time you hear us will be Friday when we're back with episode 50 where Duncan McLeish joins us to talk the whole that's right if you want to get in touch with us in the meantime by all means do that Facebook and Instagram we're Strong Language Violent Scenes you can tweet us as well at Strong Violent PC and you can email Scenes at gmail.com yep and as you know by now there are so many places that you can listen to us I'm actually going to get Mitch to list them Oh no. <laughs> right, okay, hang on. Right. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, yeah. Google Podcasts, <laughs> Acast, yep. and Podbean. Yeah, I do one I would also normally say is also tune in. Tune in! But uh, definitely check us out on Podbean because they are our hosts and they are our home. And of course, if you're listening to us, whatever it is that you choose to listen, Please take the time to like us, rate us, review us. If you're listening on iTunes, please, please, it's really important that you kind of rate us and review us. Yeah, that'd be very cool. Yeah. So, we're back Friday. Join us then if you can. In the meantime, don't forget, it is better to die a hero than live as food in a world of chugs. Goodbye. Bye. You've been listening to Strong Language and Violent Scenes with Andy Stewart and Mitch Bain. Strong Language and Violent Scenes theme by Mitch Bain. Production and artwork by Andy Stewart. Find us on Stitcher, iTunes, Spotify, Google Podcasts and Podbean. 